All right, welcome back to another episode of Pin High Podcast presented by Pin High Media. This week, we're going to talk about Justin Thomas's dwindling Ryder Cup hopes, and we're going to talk about who's this year's Tom Kim at the Winter Championship and through the FedEx Cup playoffs. So let's get into it. This is Jordan Spieth here, and this is the Pin High Podcast. All right, let's, let's get, get inside, inside the ropes to start the week. Uh, you'll notice how in the intro I did not mention the 3M Open. And that's because that's kind of the, the time of the year we're in. We're in that little little spurt in between um, the, the end of the majors and the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs and the Ryder Cup slash President's Cup season. Uh, and the 3M Open just doesn't really produce any headlines unless a star comes out and makes one. But, I mean, we kind of just got like a absolutely dominant performance by Lee Hodges, which, I mean, no one really cares about. But also, in that same sense, it was pretty impressive what he did. Yeah, hats off to Lee Hodges. I mean, who had that on their bingo card? Lee Hodges just goes full Tiger Woods and goes basically end to end at the 3m yeah. i don't think anyone yeah. saw that coming uh i feel like you know your favorites tony finau played pretty well t7 uh i think we mentioned keith mitchell a couple weeks ago when we were trying to make a pick so yeah there was some guys there but but lee hodges kind of just ran away with it and it was a little boring yeah i mean the cut ended up at what four under yeah four, or three under was cut yeah so four under was the line um yeah yeah, not, it just, I don't know, wasn't really the, the most exciting tournament. And I actually do like TPC Twin Cities. It's not a terrible golf course, but... I was going to say, it just, Lee Hodges pulled a Brian Harmon. Basically, yeah. He dominated the field. It was the fifth most dominant performance in of a, of a winner this year. Which, now you're like, oh, well, it's fifth. It's like, well, yeah, but it's Lee Hodges. There, yeah, there also just like wasn't a lot of firepower in this tournament, like... Obviously, I mentioned Tony Finau. What'd you say? Tony chasing him. Chasing him, but he like ended up finishing nine back. Yeah, he just didn't have a good Sunday. <laughs> which, I mean, he, I think he shot one under on Sunday, which is just losing strokes to the field. Uh, Tony does the, did this thing all weekend, I think, where like he just played like pretty bad golf, except for like six hole stretches where he would just birdie all six holes, just birdie like six holes in a row, but then. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd go to the other side and shoot, like, even far. But yeah. you can't do as far You can't. I mean, you, you basically have to be at least three or four under to contend every day. And, I mean, Lee Hodges basically did that, um, like, on the last two days of the tournament. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's It could be an interesting tournament, but this year just didn't really have it. Yeah, agreed. Um, moving on to some storylines that come out of the tournament that have nothing to do with Lee Hodges. Um, I mentioned in, in the in the intro that Justin Thomas, his, his Ryder Cup hopes are, are dwindling. I mean, he missed the cut this week while, you know, he didn't play awful golf. He was three under. He needs a T-17, I believe, this week to even make it into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Just wild. And we're talking about a guy that just won it, like, what, in 20, 
17. What? This tournament or the Fax Cup? No, the uh, Fax Cup. Yeah, I mean, he won the PGA last year. <laughs> if, if we're going yeah. even just to last no, year, he won a major. I'm talking about like a whole season's worth of, of events. Like, I know it's the top 70 now that only make it, but you talk, when you talk about like guys of, of Justin Thomas's caliber, it's kind of crazy when we're talking about how he needs a top 17 to finish. And that we don't think he's probably even going to come close to it, potentially. I mean, he's playing in the Wyndham Championship. I, JT would, yeah. like, usually wouldn't play in this tournament, I think, but he, he's got to make it. I mean, yeah, it's it's been tough. And you're right, 20, 2017 was the year that he won. Uh, pretty good year for him. But yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Like he he comes out here and he could shoot an eighty or he could shoot like a sixty-seven. It's just like he kind of has both On sides. And Friday. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really don't know what to expect. I, I think a lot of people might actually pick him to win this week just because he's the name there, and you you got to think, okay, JT's got to play well one of these weeks, right? But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll be rooting for him. I wouldn't like, you know. Take, take him as my pick to win, win but, but I mean, like, his, his, his odds also being 35 to 1 and not like call it 12 to 1 to win this event. You told, told me that before the year, I've been like, you're crazy. I mean, yeah, and it's not like it's a bit of a top heavy field, but still, I mean, he's the biggest name, he's definitely the biggest name there. Uh, him and Hideki basically, uh. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he plays this week because the pressure is on. I mean, the pressure has been on. And, you know, when it's been on in the majors, he finally got another one last year, but he hadn't had the best go in the majors leading up to that. like, while Max Homa hasn't been having JT struggles by any form of the imagination, he did kind of have, like, a similar return back to form where he had an event where he didn't play bad but he missed the cut kind of this, like you know same thing at, at the open championship he had a bad day and then followed it up with a really good day um so like you know you talk about his last three rounds of golf uh, of competitive golf like he didn't play that bad so it would surprise me if he didn't i wouldn't say it would surprise me but i would say he I would hope so. Yeah, just no 80s. I mean, I, I really don't think he's like. Yes, he's been playing really bad, but I don't think he's that far off. I just think he needs to put four rounds together. Yeah, I don't, just don't know if he's ready to to win a tournament right now with his game. Even if it's the win championship, but that's not what he needs. So. No, he just needs T17, like you said. Yeah, but then you get I mean, going. Looking ahead beyond the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, I think he needs to to finish inside the top 17 this week and, like, honestly, somehow pull a like a three week stretch out of his uh, out of his ass and you know, finish in the top five of the the tour championship to to have any consideration. Yeah, I mean, could happen. You never know. He's, he's he is that talented. So yeah, if you find some form, there's no reason, I guess, to leave him off other than the fact that. The Ryder Cup standings are just like that competitive right now. Yeah, I mean, I think like JT's such a glue guy for like a Ryder Cup team that if he just maybe if he even if he doesn't make it to the Tour Championship, but plays well enough that like 
obviously makes it in and then plays well enough the first two events, I think they have a tough decision there. Because, like, like I said, he's a glue guy. Like, you kind of want him to be there, but he does have to show that he, he could compete and, and play because, like you said, the standings are tight. There's a lot of guys that deserve to go, and, and some guys that deserve to go aren't going to make it. So it's just like that every year, but really is this year. Yeah, and other news. I don't know if you saw this uh, Tiger Woods joining the PGA Tour board in like a I did. transparency agreement. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What exactly does that? I know. I mean, I know what it means, but like. Yeah. Does so that it's really matter to the average fan like you and me. I mean, it doesn't really do much for us, but you know, it's part of their negotiations. It's a transparency agreement. So Tiger's on this board. I think he's going to be joined by. Uh, I think there's six players on the board, so he'll be one of the six with Pat Cantley, Charlie Hoffman, Peter Malnati, Rory McIlroy, and Webb Simpson will be the other fire, er, five player directors. Um, and then there'll be five independent members um, from the you know PGA of America and other businesses uh, just as part of this transparency agreement. I think they didn't like the way that this whole live merger went down and nobody knew what the hell was going on. So this is kind of to alleviate that so that the players are all in the loop when it comes to things like this. I mean, this is their livelihood, so. Fair enough. I mean, I guess it'll be nice to have a, a, another, you know, leader in that room because we know Jay Monahan might not be, be the guy. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I think that is a good thing that, you know, you have some players in the room now and tiger is the the one that most players are going to listen to so if, if tiger's not with it then all the other players probably won't be with it so good to have yeah yeah i was seeing completely off topic but i was seeing i think it was lee hodges um his warm-up routine this week uh and then michael kim who's just a great twitter follow if you're in the on golf twitter um was talking about how like all of these guys in like that age range have the same exact warm-up as each other because they all just have Tiger's warm-up. Yeah, they just, everybody copies Tiger, basically. And it like finishes off with a driver and then like two nine-irons or something. Literally, yeah, I'm pretty sure, what is it? They like, he hits like two shot, or is it one shot with every club? And then driver and then a couple nine-irons? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Crazy routine. I should start doing it. It'll make me play better, maybe. Well, we don't have a range. I was gonna say hitting the range before before a round is a magical experience. It's rarity. Yes. Belong to a place that. I mean, we have one, but like not really. I mean, the, it's amazing what it could do for you on the first hole. <laughs> it is. It is nuts. But you know, I feel like that that holds. At least the first hole, there's no OB. Yeah. Um. Also. Kind of going back to 3M for a second. Did you see JT posting on the last hole? I think he made like an eight. Yeah, <laughs> he went for the green and just like completely went in the water. He wanted to win. Apparently, that cost him two hundred and sixty grand. Yeah, and I, I, and his response was, "I don't care. like basically, I don't care. I was going for it. You have to go for it. I would have gone for it 10, 10 times out of ten in that same situation." Think, um, think he still he wasn't going to win. Short. He went short. <laughs> Yeah, it's like me on 17 at Silvermine every time I go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because every every time it's like never that far of a shot in when you have a chance, chance to go for it. And it always lands one short, a little bit short. 
or a little long. And then you just, yeah, it's very hard for you to stick, but nobody knows about Silvermine, so we don't have to talk about that. Uh, well, actually, at this point, if you listen, if you still listen to this podcast, you probably do know about Silvermine. Or there, there are a couple of Silvermine people that I think uh, tune yeah. in. So, shout out from Silvermine Golf Club. Yeah, shout out them. Yeah. Anyway. Any more Ryder Cup talk we want to discuss? Um, let's save that for for the next few weeks. I feel like we need to make a pick here for our our Wyndham Championship, uh, one and done. So, who did you mention earlier again? I don't know. I was th- I was throwing names out there, but I I mentioned Denny as the chalk. I just like think okay. Denny sets up well this week. Yeah. Um, we can't do that. But I don't think we could do that. Yeah, we can't afford to do. Like, even if he wins, it wouldn't do anything for us. Yeah, agreed. Um, I forget the other ones. I oh yeah, so Garrick Higo is on pretty good form recently. So, um, I kind of have him as the form guy. Like putting, right? Yeah, like kind of like a putting contest. This is one of those yeah drive chip and putt contests. Uh, it's it's a pretty it's one of the easier courses I think. Uh, but yeah, I have Garrick Higo just as a form guy. I think he's been top 20 in his last three maybe even last four so yeah he goes on pretty good form i don't know why i just kind of see it and then we're 4.6 million out of the need a couple winners out of 80th place so like realistically we need like three winners and then the over the next well, I, I put in a random name, right? The random name, random pick of the week, Troy Merritt. Don't ask me why. Just every once in a while, you just got to throw a name. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if that, that I'm not sure who, uh, who you like. So here's what we're going to do. You remember that year, I want to say CT Pan was like in contention here? Yeah. I'm going to go to his data golf right now. <laughs> I'm going to see what he did well that week. I think it was 2019, maybe. No. CT Penn. Yeah, no, 2018, when Brent Snedeker won the second time. Okay, so he was he gained 2.17 on approach, a little bit off the tee, and then nothing really putting her around the green. That's interesting. I mean, outside of... Uh, Outside of Jim Herman winning in 2020, like you had some names win this tournament. Run down the list: Tom, Tom Kim, Kim, Kevin Kisner, Jim Herman. You had JT Poston who has a couple wins. Brant Snedeker's won this one twice. Henrik Stenson, Siwoo Kim, Davis Love the uh, third. Camilo Viegas was a bit of a. a Those are some short, short players. Yeah, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Webb Simpson. So uh, you've had Sergio Garcia is the only guy there that's like super long. You know, yeah, super long. I mean it's it's good iron play and it's making putts during the week of the tournament. The final score last year was twenty under, and it's usually hovers around twenty seventeen to twenty one. So okay, so let's say probably a lot of guys from the 3M Open last week will be here. Yes, I think so. Yes. So let's go to the 3M Open last week. And see who was gaining strokes. 
Yeah, especially approach and putting. Yeah, thing different right now. I clicked on the tournaments, not showing stats. Hold up, I'll try to find it. No, we don't have it yet. What was last week? Possible they don't have it yet. 3M. Open. Here we go, I got it. Where is the... Just need approach stats. Why do I just have the score, not the stats? Well, just to fill some dead time here, when you think about guys that are shorter, got, they're a little bit shorter, they've got great approach, and you know they're going to have fairways. If you think of Brendan Todd. <laughs> yeah, true. As somebody who's a little bit better than that, you might think of Adam Hadwin. Here we go, I found it. So obviously Lee Hodges led the field in strokes gain approach last week. No surprise. Yeah. Um Kramer Hickok was second second in strokes gain approach. Uh Chesson Hadley. Is he playing this week? I don't know. Chesson Hadley was next. JT Poston, previous winner at this tournament. Uh Sam Ryder. Matt Kucher. See, let's, let's look at putting. Um, He's playing. Putting was weird last week. So, Dylan Wu led the field in putting, <laughs> but was like negative. Like, he basically, he strokes gain total was 2.64. His putting was 2.88. So, he was negative everywhere else except for putting. Um, trying to see. Like, JT Poston kind of sticks out, but he's a a previous winner. Garrick Higo, who I mentioned, was up there in putting as well. Uh, Callum Terran. I don't, I, for, for some, some reason, that name doesn't stick out. Neither do I. I. What's Kramer? Is Kramer playing this week? Did you find that Kramer out? Kramer is playing this week, yeah. <laughs> he was, let's see what his form is. T30, cut. T28, 69, cut, cut, cut. T21, cut. T40, cut. 72, cut. A lot of cuts. He has no top tens this year. What about Doc Redman? He has a T three here. Does he? Has he been playing? He finished T thirty last week. T nine Barbasol. Find his data golf here. As you can tell. From listening to this, we are really searching. Yeah, I'm not sure about Doc. <laughs> He's basically been negative approach almost every week of the season. Okay. I do like Higo. I don't know if Higo's gonna be popular or not. He's on a nice stretch of form here. You're not wrong. Yeah, like four in a row where he's made the cut. Uh, three in a row, top 21. Did he play this tournament last year? Uh, I am seeing some... I just looked his name up on the internet, and I'm seeing some like top five sleeper picks to watch out for for the 2023 Wyndham Championship. I mean, listen, if we picked Higo and he won, we're probably moving up the standings quite a bit, I'd have to think. 
you are correct there. So, I would go Higa. One more name I want to I want to I want to look at because what we did say is that like you know bombers don't really win here as often it seems like. Harry Hall, pretty good approach player. Harry Hall. He's cut last week, but you know, guys come out of nowhere. They really do, and the more I keep looking, like the stats-wise, if we're picking a stats guy, this is too chalky, but JT Poston might actually win this week again. Yeah. He just like has all the stats plus the course the history. Form. The reason for him, too. Yeah, it's like JT Poston's probably a pretty safe pick this week. But for, for our purposes, that might be a little too high up there. I agree. Then I think maybe the next best is probably Garrett Higo. If we want to just throw the, we can throw the bomber thing out the window. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think Higo's that long, is he? Is he pretty long? I think you're thinking of Woko, uh, both, both South Africans. I don't think Higo's that long. Yeah, I'm thinking of Woko and Niver or whatever. Yeah, um, Higo, I actually do. Now I'm curious just to see how long he actually is. Um, he has 19th strokes gain off the tee this season. You know what? He's in good form. Um, Might as well down. stab it, right? Yeah, I don't he's, think any more people will pick him than Kramer. But if Kramer wins, that'll hurt. Longer than I thought he was. He's 33rd in driving distance, which is not bad. Can never be a... It's never a bad, bad thing. thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. looking at the odds right now, like, where the hell is Higo on the odds? Like, he's down there. Plus 9,000. So, he's not, not really... Anyone. Yeah. Not bad. Just, yeah, him and Akshay are, like, down there. And, yeah. I'm, I'm with it. A lot of the guys at the top will be going pretty safe with, like, Jockey. JT today. Yeah, I, JT Poston like is definitely somebody that everybody has left, and they this is a good week to pick him. So, um, I will say if if JT Poston plays well this week and he's in the FedEx Cup playoffs, like he's actually a good pick for one of those events. Nobody will pick that. Yeah, but that's that's a later problem. I'm assuming a lot of people are going to get desperate this week, though. I think so too. All right, we can move on from that. Okay, that was a good brainstorm session. A little warm war room there to pick Garrick to go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, he's a PGA Tour winner. Done before. Yes, sir. Um, How's your golf game? My golf game is pretty good right now. I have kind of like fixed the, the hook, knock on wood. I think it's just kind of a push now that goes pretty dead straight if it's a push, which but like fine to work okay. with. Um, yeah, it feels good. That's good. I've been playing pretty well, and then last week I feel like I played very bad, but still shot like an eighty-six. Like it wasn't it's not that bad. I just couldn't. My putting was not very good for some reason last week. I'd, putting and chipping was a little weird, which has been pretty good most of the year, especially chipping. But 
yeah, about to head out to the the course in a little bit. See how that see how that goes. Yeah, I gotta I gotta finish my round. Um, play hold ten through thirteen. Yeah, see, see what you actually shot. One under, <laughs> one under and uh, break break eighty. Would you count that? Sure, why not? I mean, like. I played all the holes, but 10 through 13. If I go back there and do one under on 10 through 13. If anything, it's harder. Like, you're not in, like, the the groove of the groove that round. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, like, yeah, I'd count that. Why not? We'll see. The thing is, I think I'm going to play another round before that, potentially. So, yeah, I'm probably going to play this weekend a little bit. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of the state of state of the game right now. I don't really have much else to say. Last thing before we get out of here, I think next year or you know, next year or two, I would like to try to play in the club championship. Well, match play because there's like middle fights. I really think that like if my game is like in a good place. It's pretty good for what my handicap is. Yeah, it's just avoiding the the big number on any hole. Like you could just have a mess of a hole. Match. And just, no. Oh, you're right. It is match play. Yeah, it's true. I think it's match play. I just, also, like there can't be anybody that's like that good out there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, there probably is a couple there's people that are pretty good, but there's different flights. There's there's the low low flight, the middle flight, and the high flight. Like you could play in the middle flight and probably compete. Can and do you, is do you like win your flight and that's like winning the club championship? I think so. Or do you just, does it go to like something that's not? I'm not, I'm not really sure how it works, but I think like the club championship winners are like the the one who win the lowest flight, like the obviously. Okay. But Fair the enough. like, if you win the middle fight, you still win. Like you're you you're the mid handicap champion. You're the mid am of the of the club. <laughs> at least at least you'd be a good mid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe next maybe next year we'll give it a try. I mean, like, and if I end up like not playing a ton of golf before it, then I end up not playing a ton of golf before it. We're gonna give it a try, and we're gonna match up against each other. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would kind of suck because it's like <laughs> we get to play play each other all the time. I know. Because <laughs> we don't really do that many matches anymore. No. Well, um, yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll play a match if you're around this weekend. <laughs> yeah. We also we need to get out sometime to like another course maybe this month. Yeah, I'm down. I'm playing Quaker in the middle of August. So oh. gotta get ready for that. But that's gonna be nice. Yeah. I didn't, I like didn't, did not have the driver the last round, so I just need to get a couple confident drivers, hopefully today, tomorrow, or whenever I go out. Yeah, and you'll develop it throughout the round. Yeah, I might today. so today we're going to go out to the nine-hole course, and then I might hit the range over there for a little bit, depending on what time it is, and then play the rest, but we'll see. I think that about does it for this episode, but... I think we'll have a nice little rejuvenated uh, energy for the FedEx Cup playoffs. And maybe, maybe Trevor will be back. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He's a busy, <laughs> we'll busy guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be back for the FedEx St. Jude. Mm.